Thanks for taking the time to check out the Word Alive podcast. For access to other great resources and information on everything happening at Word Alive, be sure to download our app for iPhone and Android devices by searching WAIO, Word Alive International Outreach, teaching people and reaching nations with a message of freedom. And now, Kent Maddox. I've been excited about this word that God's put on our heart. We're at one of these uh, Moedim times, and we need to keep understanding this. And so, uh, not that I want to keep rehearsing it because a lot of you really understand it, but also we're always having new people come, so I want to make sure everybody's on the same page, that we're on a biblical calendar. And, uh, and maybe I'll just give you a, a, just a tidbit because they passed out a, a Nissan uh, new, brand new month uh, printout today. And uh, we won't be doing first fruits this month. We'll be doing that with Passover because that's our, our big thrust each year to, to move with God in the first of the first. But what's exciting about um, the concept that God's a lunar God, not a solar God. Now this is this is this this really got a hold of me. See, in the in the idol worship, they worship sun gods. But God was a lunar God, and his whole calendar is built around the lunar, the moon, not the sun. What is that important to us? Because the sun shines bright every day. And some of us have been deceived to think by following Jesus, every day is going to be a bright, sunny day. And so when our sun doesn't shine every day and we don't see all the good things happening all the time, it's so easily get discouraged. But when you realize God's not a sun God, God's a, God's a lunar God. What does that mean? He cycles. So there will be moments of great light and then there's going to be moments of deep darkness. But the good news is whatever cycle you're in, you're not staying there. You're always going somewhere else with God. Which tells us that our future is always better than our past because God is always moving us in cycles toward his blessings and toward our purposes. And so I've been really excited about this time of year. We're headed to Passover. Passover's coming. It'll be April 1st this year on Sunday. We'll be, selling, we'll be celebrating Passover here. The theme this year God's given us for this Moedim time. You say, what's Moedim? An appointed time. There's three appointments in the Bible. Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. Where God says, if you will come meet with me, I will show up and open the windows of heaven. You ever read Malachi? We don't understand that this is speaking about these times of year. He said, I will meet you and open the windows of heaven over your life and pour you out blessings that you don't even have room enough to receive. Now, see, God's God all the time, right? I said, God's God all the time. Y'all looking at me like, what is he talking about? Like, God's God all the time, right? But there are Moedims, appointed times. That, that open heaven over you is, is not an open heaven that just sits there. It passes. Three times a year, it's passing. And there's a window. That's why it says, I will open you a window. There's a window of opportunity three times a year where, where God will literally open a funnel that goes from his throne to your house if you'll just line up with him and receive what he wants you to have. And he's that intentional for us. And he uses it to, 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 to move us forward. So touch three people say, get under the spout where the glory's coming out. Tell them, come on. Tell somebody, get under the spout where the glory's coming out. So this is that time of year. 
we're moving toward that. I'm trying to help us prepare to get there. And the scripture that God uh, really dropped in my spirit was, is actually important to me because it's my life scripture. God, God gave me this early on in my spiritual journey. And it's Jeremiah 29, 11. And I'm, and I'm saying this year, it's Passover into our future. So touch three people and say, you got a bright future. Just let me tell you that. you got a bright future with God. Here we go. I'm going to discuss the plans today. For I know the plans. Don't you know that God, aren't you glad God's got the blueprint? So he says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Here, and you say, people ask me all the time, what's God's plan for my life? I'm going to show you. For I know the plans I have, you says, Lord, plans to prosper you. That's God's plan for your life. Aren't you glad that God knows the plan and his plan is to prosper you? I mean, we could quit right there and go home and have a cheeseburger and call it a day on this time change thing, right? For I know the plans I have for you. By the way, y'all showed, I was amazed y'all were here today. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and give you a hope-filled future. That's God's plan. That's God's plan for this young girl that just heard her testimony. God's plan wasn't for her to die in drug addiction and be outside the promises of blessed God. He's a go-get-you kind of God. He, he'll just come get you and say, wait a minute, that's not my plan for your life. This is my plan for you. Amen. And so I want to focus just for a few moments today as we're moving toward this, that God's plan to prosper you. We've got to understand what prosper means because it's not just tied to finances or, or financial things. To prosper means to advance or to gain in any good or desirable thing. To prosper means to have successful progress in any enterprise, business, or undertaking, or marriage, or relationship. To prosper means that you obtain your desire. Success from a Hebrew, Hebrew perspective means there, that there is already help on your road so you will accomplish your goal or your destination. So when you say what's God's plan of success and prosperity, it's not just funds or, or financial things that we obviously need to do life with, but it's to reach our desired goal. We're all on a journey, right? And we got two things we want to do. I hope that you're, you've bought into this by following Jesus. i got two things I want to do. I want to successfully follow God and his will and I want to wind up when I die standing before God hearing well done good and faithful servant enter into the joy of the Lord that he's prepared right I mean so we're going somewhere and so God says to prosper means that we're going to reach that goal in other words we're not going to backslide we're not going to get out of God's will I mean you may do it temporarily but ultimately you're going to succeed because God said I know the plans I have for you plans to prosper you get you where you're going and fulfill my destiny and purpose on your life I'm stoked about that now how do we prosper like that how do we follow God how do we prosper well number one we got to realize that God's desire from the very beginning was to prosper you. Look at first, uh, Third John 2. Beloved, I wish above all things. I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. What's that saying? God wants you, can I put that back up? God wants you prosperous financially, physically, and emotionally. That one scripture tells us right there that God, this is not Kent's 
idea. It's not the church's idea. This is God's word. This is God's idea that he wants you successful, prosperous in every area of your life, physically, financially, and relationally. And if there's some point in your life, whether it be physically, relationally, or financially, where there is no hope, where you have given up hope, you have a stronghold. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But if there is any area, whether it be financially or relationally, like my marriage just isn't going to work, or I'm never going to get ahead financially, or I'm always going to battle this disease, if there's an area of your life where there's just no hope, the enemy has built up a stronghold because God says, my, my plan for you is to give you hope. Come on, somebody. Hope for your future. And I got good news today. The anointing of the Holy Ghost is in this room, and he will break those strongholds off our life today and move us forward in the kingdom purposes. Touch three or four people and say, we're about to break out of something. Tell them, we're about to break out of something. All right, come on now. Going to have to have a little fire from the front row too. Uh -huh, get a little front row fire. Uh -huh, come on now. First of all, you got to realize there's an anointing. And there's a power that's available to cause you to prosper. Look at me, Deuteronomy 8, 18. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power. Somebody shout power. power. He gives you power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. God's people can't be broke if God's going to fulfill his purposes. There's people to be fed. There's orphans to be looked after. There's hospitals to build. There's church plants to do around the world. This, we're called to make the earth a better place to live in. We can't be broke if we're going to fulfill God's purposes and partner with him making the world a better place to live in. So God's saying there's an anointing. I'll give you a supernatural power, not just a regular power, but a wisdom, an anointing, a favor that will come on your life that not only you'll get blessed, but you'll have an abundance so that you can bless somebody else. And God's saying I'll help you do that supernaturally I'll place a favor on you you'll get a raise and you're not even supposed to get a raise you'll get a, a bonus and you're not even supposed to get them you'll get a, a you'll you'll all of a sudden be at the right place at the right time with the right person to have an advantage in God because there's an anointing on your life now don't get me wrong God favors everyone everybody has a measure of favor because God loves everybody but how many of you know not everybody walks with God so to the measure we use that favor, it can either increase or decrease on our life depending on how we, how we want to follow God and His plan. Number two, quickly, the Word. This thing's powerful. I said, this thing's powerful. The Bible says it's active. It's quick. It's sharp. It's powerful. It's like a two-edged sword, cutting, dividing asunder, soul and spirit, revealing the intents of our heart. This thing's alive. That's how we named our church, Word Alive. Why we feel like the Word should be alive, like it's not just some religious rhetoric that we rehearse on Sunday morning, but something's released when we get up here and preach this Word that actually gets down in our souls and spirit and changes our lives and moves us into a place of prosperity because God's Word is quick and active and alive. Look what Joshua 1, 8 said, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. Get in this thing, meditate it day and night, and you shall have good success. Hide this stuff in your heart, and it'll come back right when you need it. I, I mean, this, this, 
this is a reality in my life. I don't preach the word, I live it. Last night, I'm like you, I told somebody the other day, I said, the only difference between me and you and my problems, your problems, I got the mic. That's the only difference. If you had the mic, you'd be telling your story. It, we're just the same. We're all the same with God. We all have the same battles. We all have the same fights. We all, we all have the same uh, stuff that happens in our life. And just as, you know, I, I went to bed last night and just a lot going on. And I've had a lot of things on my mind. And I knew I had to get here and preach this morning. I was afraid I was going to oversleep. Got the clock right, you know. And then I went to bed. And all of a sudden, as soon as I laid down, my mind just started tormenting me. Like just thoughts and fears and you know, what ifs, and y'all ever, y'all ever doing that kind of stuff at night, and the, and the stuff just started going around in here, you know, and then I'd, I'd only been asleep like an hour, and then one of those, you wake up, and you just think, oh my God, I'm not going to get to go back to sleep, and it's just going to be one hour, and I'm going to show up in the morning at church, right? and you know, it's just going to be, you know, and all of a sudden, I just started bringing up a scripture, ruminating on it. I wasn't saying it out loud, I was there with my eyes asleep. I just started... I, I, and I just remembered it because I'd read it so many times. It says, I will lay down and sleep and, the, and I will lay down and sleep in peace for the Lord shall sustain me. Amen. And I just started saying that over and over and over in my heart's mind. I will lay down and sleep. My mind just bzzz, all these fears and thoughts and all this running around, stress, anxiety in my mind. I will lay, I just started ruminating. I will lay down and sleep for the Lord shall sustain me. I will lay down and sleep in peace for the Lord shall sustain me. This went on about three to four minutes. By the time I got to about that fourth minute of letting that word get up in my soul and get up in my spirit, next thing you know, my mind started quieting down. Fear started going away. Faith started coming alive. And my mind went from fearing things to thinking, how come you're afraid of anything? If God's God, God's in charge of everything and everybody and everything that's going on, why are you worried about it? Because you can't change it worrying anyway. Why don't you just lay down and go to sleep, big boy? God's got all this going on. Next thing you know, I woke up at 7 o'clock. I said, God, I got to get out of bed. I got to go to church. See, this thing's powerful. But we don't depend on it enough, I don't think. You know, we, we depend on everything else. You know, you, I could have got up and started drinking coffee watching CNN and I, or Fox, and I'd just gotten worse shape than I am now. But no, I got a hold of this word because the Bible says if you will meditate in it day and night, it will make your way prosperous and it will cause you good success. Turn about, touch about eight people, tell them, get a hold of the word. Tell them, come on, get a hold of the word. Y'all fired up yet? This stuff works. Quick. Your environment. Somebody said something like this. You want to see where you're going? Look who you're hanging out with. That's where you're going. Who you hanging with? That's where you're headed. Students, who you're hanging with, that's what you're going to be like. That's your future. Whoever you're hanging with right now, that's where you're going. Because that's your environment. Look at this. Psalm 1 and 3, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and he meditates there day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaves shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Now you can sit around with your negative Nelly friends and hear all about their negativity and how bad our country is and how bad a shape everything's going in and all the dark things that are going on and all the gossip about you brothers and sisters and all the nonsense that they're talking about. That's where you're going to wind up. There ain't no prosperity in that. 
Your, your, even, and I'm talking about even your family members. Those that just want to try to drag you down into their drama. Just say, baby, I ain't got time for your drama. I got enough drama of my own. You just going to have to keep your drama to yourself. I ain't got time for your drama. I got my own drama. Sufficient of the day is the evil thereof. I can't handle yours, baby. You handle yours. I, I don't know why I'm saying baby. I'm, you handle yours, baby. You handle yours, baby, girlfriend. You handle yours. I'm going to handle mine. You handle yours. Get around somebody that's got some faith. Get around somebody that's going to pick you up, not push you down. Get around somebody that's going to encourage you on your journey, not try to pull you back. Why, your environment is everything. And if you get yourself out of the, the wrong environment and get yourself into the Word of God, I promise you, God said you'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water and you will bring forth fruit in every season of your life. That's good right there. Quick, fear the Lord. It's a big one. Fear the Lord. And what does that mean? Just living for the Lord, honoring the Lord. Fear the, a lifestyle, pleasing God. Look at it. Come, my children, listen to me, and I'll teach you the fear of the Lord. Does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? He, then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. <laughs> Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. This happens because it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. By atonement, sin is covered. By the fear of the Lord, man departs from evil. So it's one thing to be forgiven, but it's another thing to get away from it. The way you get away from it is the fear of the Lord. In other words, realizing it's, I'm not afraid of God. I'm afraid to be without God. That's the fear of the Lord for me. I don't, I'm not afraid of him. I'm afraid to be without him. And when you start talking lies... These are things God hates, it says. When you start stirring up gossip, when you start doing all these things that are against the lifestyle that God has called us to live, and you start pointing the finger and judging each other, you take yourself right out of the fear of the Lord, and you move away from prosperity. But if you embrace the fear of the Lord, that, Lord, let the meditation of my mouth and the words, or let the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer, and you live a lifestyle of positive words, encouraging one another, speaking life, speaking love, the Bible says you will have a long and a prosperous life. Man, that's good, right? Is there any more to tell? Faith and obedience. Watch this. Believe in the Lord your God, you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you'll prosper. Believe in God, you shall be established. Believe his prophets. And you shall prosper. And these are the, this, you know, a lot of people say, well, I believe in God. But it's another thing to believe in his prophets. Why? His prophets are normally calling us to action. I can't tell you the times that I know people who sit in a meeting and a prophet will come along and give us an instruction and we don't even attempt to obey it. Whether it's a call to repentance, whether it's a call to search your heart, whether it's a call to give of our finances, whether it's a call to serve the poor, a prophet comes and gives us a word. You know, you know when God speaks to you and, and spurs you on, and there's no attempt at obedience. Well, you can't think you're going to prosper if you're not having any attempt at obedience. And, I, and here's what people say to me sometimes. They say, well, Ken, I just don't know if it's God. 
Because if I knew for sure it was God, I would act on it. I'm going to set you free. Any attempt at obedience is blessed. So whether it's God or not, any attempt at obedience, you, I'll go as far as say it may, because I understand, I've been in meetings where, you know, they, uh, some of these things where they do the whole, you know, $58 for 58 blessings. You, you know, and you're like, yeah, I got you $58. You know what I'm talking about? It's, uh, but, and I hear people say, well, the poor people are being taken advantage by that. No, they're not. God will deal with this person. But the people who did it, believing it was God, it's going to work for them no matter what. Come on, somebody. It's going gonna, it's gonna to work for them because they are doing it out of a heart, thinking, of believing, obeying God. So get out of that fear of is it God, is it not. Just if you feel a nudge, acting at any attempt at obedience, God will bless you and move you into the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And believe me, obedience releases prosperity. It's the first thing God teaches. Obey your mother and father. So you will live a long life on the earth. Obedience is tied to blessings and prosperity. I'm all about grace, but grace produces obedience. So touch three people and say, I'm about to obey God some things. I'm about to obey God some things. Y'all still with me? I'm about to get it. How about this one? Pretty simple. Prayer. He sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God, and as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. God, what a great scripture. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. This is speaking of a young man named Uzziah who was called into leadership at the age of 16 years old in the days of Zechariah. He was amazing. Uh, you know the movies where you see the war, the, the old, uh, in the olden days where they had the catapults that threw weapons and stuff over the wall? He invented that. It's in the scripture. It says he was witty in, in, in military inventions. But it goes on, reread the rest of it. It says, but when his heart was lifted up, it was to his destruction. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. But when his heart was lifted up, it resulted in his destruction. So what does that mean, seeking the Lord? As long as you seek the Lord, recognizing it is him, not you, that's making this happen. Right? This keeps us in a place of humility. And why is humility important? Humble yourself under the hand of God so he can lift you up. Did you know what the most powerful force in the world, the most powerful force on the earth, you know what it is? It's the ocean. It's the most powerful force on the earth. There's more power on the ocean, in the ocean, than anything else in the earth. It's forceful, powerful. You know why it is? Because it's the lowest. Everything runs to it, not from it. That's why he said, humble yourself, and I will lift you up. You lift up yourself, and I will humble you. As we seek the Lord and his will for our lives, it keeps us in humility because we realize unless the Lord builds the house, the labor labors in vain, right? It's, it's the Lord doing it, not us. You with me still? All right, almost there. How about this one? Generosity. 
give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will be refreshed themselves. I'm going to let you sit on that one a minute. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy, lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will refresh themselves. This, this to me is the law of attraction. Because most people I know that are stingy are not greedy. They're fearful. I know very few people that are stingy. Who are, There are some that are just greedy. Most people that are stingy is fear. They just don't believe there's going to be enough. So they hold tight to everything and never step out and release anything because they're so afraid it may not be enough. And so what happens is when we, when we hold tightly to too much instead of letting it go, then I know this, this, this sounds kind of bizarre, but actually we're speaking to the atmosphere, we're speaking to the universe that we don't believe there's enough. But every time we offer something freely, we're saying really with our actions to the whole atmosphere, the whole spiritual realm, to demons, to devils, to angels, to God, to Satan. We're speaking loudly with our actions saying, we believe God is able to bless us exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think. And we're living a free. And I'm not talking about just giving offerings or first fruits to church. I'm talking about your own life. Now, Bev is bent much more toward a life. I have to work at faith. She has this innate ability to believe. She just believes. It just aggravates the pedingi out of me. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, like I have to work at my, I'm like, I have to work. She just believes. She's the most childlike, faith-filled person I know. She just believes, especially in the area of resources, that there will always be plenty. And she moves in it. So, uh, I, this is just a personal story, but it's just very profound. I, I, I've been needing a black suit. I guess y'all about tired of this blue blazer. So, you know, I've been, I wear it like every other Sunday. But anyway, it's like, uh, <laughs> rotate my, black, my gray and my blue, you know. Uh, but, you know, you have to do funerals and weddings, you need a black suit. And the, the cleaners messed up my suit, so I had a black suit in a long time. And I got a little bit of money. I could go buy a suit, but I'm like, uh, you know, I just don't let go of it because some might need it. And that just aggravates Bev by no means, you know, like, like you know, and so uh, I get by with her, whatever, kind of, whatever. So yesterday, she just left the house. I didn't even know where she went. She came back. She said, I got you something. I was like, oh, that's nice. I was thinking about like a Hershey's bar, you know, and, 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 and a blinking suit. You say, well, 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 that was gracious. Well, it comes out of our same checking account, though. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, it's like so, so in, in reality... Me and Belle bought a suit. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, it's like, not like she had money hid. You know what I mean? It's like we both bought a suit. I just wasn't prepared. And I'm like, bet. And she's like, you like it? And I'm like, I mean, I wanted to be happy, but I was like, I think we needed that money. And she, 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 she goes, I know. I know what you're thinking. You thinking we needed that money for something else? Well, I'm going to tell you what. You needed a black suit. And you know what I thought we needed to do? I thought you just needed to start speaking to the universe and get out of your doubt and unbelief that God could provide whatever you need. So here's your suit. Now go get it hemmed and whacked. Be blessed. Be blessed. 
My God's got plenty. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Don't you think he can afford a black suit? Now, I'm not talking about living foolishly, like just go, you know, spend all your money. But sometimes you just got to say, well, wait, what? The girl got a check for $540. She was broke. Most people would have hid it and started giving it. Well, she went and bought clothes. Now, you saw she was shopping at a thrift store type place, but she was, she, what she was saying, it's a new day. It's a new beginning. I'm not going to dress the way. I'm not going to dress the way I used to dress. I'm not going to be the way I used to be. God's got a plan for my life. I'm going to get me a new shirt. I'm going to get me some new jeans. I'm going to start walking in the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And God's going to lead me to some prosperity. Come on, somebody. Touch three people. I'm about to break out of something today. Woo! Isn't that right? I mean, for $25, you can go to a thrift store and get a sack full of stuff. Come on. I love it. Passover into prosperity. Look here. This is our theme. This is where we're landed. This year, we're saying we're passing over. The blood of the Lamb has delivered me from the hand of the enemy. Israel were slaves in Egypt with a slave mentality, making Brick with straw. God set them free in one night. But not only did he shake them free from the demonic strongholds, it says this in Psalm 105, 17, he brought his people safely out of Egypt and loaded them. Loaded them with silver and gold. And there were no sick or feeble people among all their tribes. This is part of the promise of Passover. Part of the promise of Passover is, is, by the way, I'll talk about this in the next couple of weeks. The word Egypt means limitation or constriction. That's what the word Egypt means. And so every year we're saying, God, we're taking another step, moving beyond another place of limitation or constriction in our lives. And we're going to move into the abundance that you have for us. Now, I'm not just talking about financial things. Talk about the abundance of spiritual things. Abundance of relationship, joy, love, peace, anointing, spiritual gifts. But moving supernaturally in this season because God's desire is for us to prosper. He wants to move us on our journey. But I'm convicted, convinced that many of us, including myself, I'm not exempt from this at all because I've happened. I'm, I'm, I'm coming through one right now. Trauma and disappointment and unanswered prayer and seasons where it doesn't appear that God is moving or blessing, if we're not careful, will develop inside of us a stronghold. And what happens is because of traumatic experiences, hurt, disappointment, these things that happen in our life, if we don't process them properly, then what happens is we will not be able to move into the new season that God's wanted to bring us into because of a stronghold in our minds. And so what happens is, see, Paul said, I know how to be abased. I've learned how to be abased, he says, but I've also learned how to abound. I've learned how to do with little, 
but you also have to learn how to do with a lot. So what happens is when you, there's seasons that God puts you in where he just limits what you can have and what you can enjoy because he's doing something in your life. But that doesn't mean that's where you're supposed to live forever. That's just a season of preparation. And normally it's always a season preparing you for more. Anytime you're in a place of lack or limitation, it's because God's building a capacity in you because he's wanting to give you more, not because he's wanting to keep you with little. That's why it says if you're faithful with a little, you'll be ruler over much. Come on, somebody. Are you tracking with me this morning? If you're looking for a church home or maybe just visiting our area, we would love to see you face-to-face -face here at Word Alive International Outreach at 122 Allendale Road in Oxford, Alabama. Maybe you can't make it in person. Well, look, all of our services are streamed online at our website, waio.org. Also on our site, you'll find previous sermons, what we believe, information about our online campus, and how you can get plugged in here at Word Alive International Outreach. Thanks again for listening to the Word Alive podcast.